go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on, guess what? August the 23rd in the year 2023. Doesn't happen very often, but the date is the same as the year. And normally we do a study from Proverbs. But the way that that happens is at the church I preach on Sunday, we do a Bible study on Proverbs. But this past Sunday, we had a voters assembly meeting instead during that time. So we didn't do a study on Proverbs. And so instead, we're going to be taking a look at one of the Psalms, Psalm 115. Now, this is a significant psalm. You may recall after Jesus had his Monday Thursday supper with his disciples that they traveled to the Garden of Gethsemane. And on the way, they sang hymns. Well, these hymns are known as the Egyptian Hallel, H-A-L-L-E-L. There are six hallelujah psalms, sung before and after Passover. And during the Easter season in our day, some of the hallelujah songs are used in the worship services. So we're looking at Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. What a great way for David to begin his psalm, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that our task is not to seek glory for ourselves, but to give glory to the name of God. Why? The psalm says, For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Now, what's that talking about? Well, the steadfast love is found even in the New Testament. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. And your faithfulness. When do you consider someone who is faithful? That is someone who keeps his promises. And the promises that God gave, beginning at the early days of creation to Adam and Eve, through others, including Abraham and Sarah and David, those promises have come true for us. That, indeed, through the seed of Eve, did come a Savior from the Virgin Mary, Jesus our Lord. So verse 2, in light of the fact that we are to give name to the glory of the Lord, why should the nation say, where is their God? The nations are referring to the unbelievers. They're looking for their God. And then David says, Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. 
Now, that can be referring, obviously, to God the Father. But even in the Old Testament, Jesus is spoken of a lot of times as, well, the angel of the Lord. And that's Jesus. And he also has ascended into heaven. Verse 4 is really something about idols. Their idols, that's the idols of the nations, are silver and gold, the work of human hands. Now, the word idol refers to whatever you trust in. How do you know what you trust in? Well, when you lose it, you really get upset. One of my favorite things to watch on television right now are the old sessions of the Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason. That is a tremendous, funny program. He's always arguing with his wife, and she takes a stand. It's really a tremendous program that began in the 1950s and was considered one of the best. There are a number of times when Jackie, as Ralph Cramden, tries to bring uh, begin a project that he thinks is going to make a bunch of money. He is 100% a failure. Oh, he's a good bus driver, but anytime he tries to do something else to make money, he fails. And it's a great example of someone who has an idol to glorify himself. His wife almost always brings them back to the earth. And the program often ends with him hugging his wife, telling her he's the greatest and so thankful to be married to her. But he does have idols. Now, the Bible goes on in Psalm 115 beginning with verse 5, talking about idols. They have mouths, but they do not speak. In, in other words, the true God, the one who speaks, is the Holy Spirit, who brings us the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he speaks through the Bible. But the idols... They may have mouths that are put on the silver and gold, but they do not speak. Eyes, but they do not see. Unlike God, who sees everything. They have ears, but do not hear. In other words, you can pray to your idol day in and day out. A good example of that was Elijah when he was confronted with the idols who tried to have their altar burn and nothing happened. 
whereas Elijah poured water on his altar and asked the Lord to burn it, and it all burned up. So our God hears us. He always answers our prayer. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. But in a sense, it's always yes, because he answers it according to his will. And when he answers according to his will, it always works out to our good. Verse 7 of Psalm 115 continues, They have hands, but do not feel. They have feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Now, that's the description of an idol. He never, or it never, answers your prayers. It doesn't hear you. It doesn't make a sound to you. Now, verse 8 is really important. Those who make them become like them so do all who trust in them. Wow, there we have the real definition of an idol. It's what you trust in. As I said, when your idol fails, you really get upset because your trust is lost. There are no promises from an idol and you become like them, where you no longer have the ability to talk to God, listen to God, walk with God, whatever. Verse 9, David returns, O Israel, trust in the Lord. And the word Lord has capital letters, L-O-R-D. And that refers to the name that Moses received of God, Yahweh. I am who I am. That's the Lord. Israel says, trust in him. Why? He is their help and their shield. Because, O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You see, if you go to the New Testament, you have a picture, a metaphor of God, and he has the armament of a soldier. His sword, of course, is the offensive weapon, which is the word of God. But his shield is the defensive weapon. When do we use his shield? When we are tempted by the devil. Adam and Eve forgot about that. They were tempted by the devil, 
And the devil always has a white lie. He says, no, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, guess what? You will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. That is the essence of sin. Every time you and I sin, we are really trying to become like God. We are rejecting the words of God and instead trying to become divine. And it always fails. Verse 12, the Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Now, did you hear that one word? He will remember us. That is also a great statement in the New Testament. Jesus says, take heat. This is my body. Take drink. This is my blood. And do this in my remembrance of you. This is God remembering us. And when he remembers us, what is the conclusion? It is that he will bless us. What does it mean to be blessed? It means that you receive gifts from God that you do not deserve. And the greatest gift, of course, is the gift of the forgiveness of sins. You see, in reading the Psalms, you can best understand them when you bring in many Old Testament and New Testament verses. The thinking of the Psalms is found also throughout the New Testament in God remembering. And he will bless those who fear the Lord. That's verse 13. Both the small and the great. And we've talked about what it means to fear the Lord. It doesn't mean to be afraid of him in the sense that we don't want to have anything to do with him. But it is that fear that children have of their parents. Though they love their parents, they fear the parents because they know they can be disciplined by the parents. So they fear them when they do wrong. That's the fear we have of the Lord. But instead of disciplining us, which may happen in the secular realm, he forgives us in the spiritual realm. When you go to heaven, there will be no discipline. There will be no punishment. There will be no sickness. There will be no death. There will be no suffering. God says, it will be a time of bliss, which means great happiness. That's how God will remember us and bless us. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. Now, what does that mean? 
the small and the great. Well, remember the Bible says that when you get to heaven, you will have degrees of glory. We will not all have the same degrees of glory, but it's very hard to discern those who have the greatest degree of glory. We've talked a lot of times about this, but I can consider a shut-in who phones the members when they are ill and gives them comfort as having a higher degree of glory than a pastor who does lazy sermons and does not really visit the people. The degree of glory is God looking at your vocation and making a decision as to whether you fulfilled giving honor to God more than honor to yourself. So, verse 14, may the Lord give you increase, you and your children. Now that's referring back to the previous verse about the small and the great. We find this again and again in the Bible where God takes people who can, are considered to be small and yet makes them great because he gives them bravery. He gives them courage. He gives them leadership qualities that the people can follow. This is always according to the Lord. This is his benefits to you. It doesn't matter what vocation you have, but it can be used to give glory to the Lord. You can do so by, first of all, believing in the Lord, attending his worship services, and growing in your faith. But it also can occur as you help your neighbor. Remember the summary of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's what is so important. So, verse 16. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. So, here on earth are the children of men, but we often fail in giving glory to God. In fact, the earth is considered the place of the devil. And that's why the earth will be destroyed and a new heaven and earth will take place after judgment day. It will be like the Garden of Eden and we will live in there entirely. Those who have faith in the Lord. So we will be blessed by the Lord. Verse 17. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. Now, 
that's not referring to those who die because even believers die. The dead are referred to those who are unbelievers. They're dead in their sins and they go down into silence. What's the silence? It's hell itself. They will not hear God's word. They will not hear any blessings from the Lord because they will be separated from God in hell. And that is by their own choice. For the gospel, though preached to them, they have rejected it. And they prefer to give honor to themselves rather than to God. Blessed are the Christians who receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and therefore give honor to God. That's found in the liturgy of our worship services where we praise him, we glorify him, we give honor to him because he alone is the Lord of heaven. He alone is the one who gives us benefits we do not deserve. Number one being the gift of the forgiveness of sins, which means in heaven, you will not be held accountable for your sins. You will be free from any accountability. That's why God is merciful in giving you what you really don't deserve, which means he is gracious. We have a merciful and gracious God. So, verse 18 of Psalm 115 concludes with this note. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore praise the Lord. What is that saying? Is that at the moment that you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which for many of us occurred in our baptism, or for others that occurred when we heard the word of God, such as from the book of Isaiah, or Romans, we believed in Jesus Christ. Because believing in Jesus Christ is better than believing in an idol. As atheist Auden said when he became a Christian, he was asked by his atheist friends, why did you leave atheism? And he said, because when I came to know Jesus Christ, I discovered that he did not fulfill any of my dreams. Now that seems to go against what many churches are doing today, telling you that if you believe in Jesus, you will have a wonderful life. You may not even get ill. You will grow old you will have many possessions. 
None of that is true, according to the Bible. Remember the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. So what this atheist discovered is Jesus doesn't fulfill his old Adam dreams and hopes, but he fulfills the new spiritual dreams and hopes of the forgiveness of sins, of all things working to his good. This he believed, and therefore he blessed the Lord, which means he gave praise and thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. From the time he became a Christian and forevermore. That obviously is referring to the time in heaven he will spend when he will be with Jesus, who died on the cross for all of his sins, who was raised from the dead for his justification, and who ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of God so that all of the believer's prayers are heard by the Father, and he replies to them with great gifts and comfort. That's the point of worship in a Christian church, not to tell you what to do in order to be saved, but what to believe in order to be comforted, comforted by Jesus Christ, the one who took our place on the cross. And therefore, Psalm 115, sung during the Passover, even in Jesus' day, is a great song, a great song where we bless the Lord because he returns the blessings to us. God is praised forevermore. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Till tomorrow's Law and Gospel. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.